Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Welcome to episode 59 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. Thanks for your ears and downloads. So how are your nerves then, Morecambe fans? A few sleepless nights ahead, I'm sure, between now and the weekend. But we now know what Morecambe have to do to stay in League One next season. The maths is very simple. If we beat Sunderland, we are guaranteed survival. If we draw, Gillingham have to beat Rotherham by at least three clear goals to catch us. And Rotherham, of course, uh, need a result themselves to either guarantee automatic promotion or possibly to win the League One title. It's still possible that they could still win the league. If we lose, we can only be relegated if both Gillingham and Fleetwood Town both win. Fleetwood are playing away at Bolton Wanderers. And of course, it's Rotherham against Gillingham on the final day of the season. Not easy for the Jills at all to overhaul that. So it all means that Morecambe are in the box seat. The job isn't done. We, we need to make sure it stays in our hands for as long as possible. One thing is for sure, there's going to be a day of high drama at the Mazuma on Saturday. I cannot wait. A capacity crowd, if you're not heading down, full match commentary, of course, on Beyond Radio, on Shrimps Live, will be on air from midday across North Lancashire and South Cumbria on 103.5, 107.5 FM and DAB Plus Digital Radio. Uh, or you can subscribe to iFollow. We'll be on there from 12.25 for the build-up and the whole game live myself, Matt Smith from the Shrimps Media Team and Mr Shrimps Online, Tom Collins, also joining us as well for what's going to be an absolutely unforgettable day, no matter what happens on Saturday. So ahead of the game then, I've been talking to Sam Blakey. Sam is one of the hosts and writers of the Roka Report. That's a Sunderland fans website, podcast, uh, the voice of the Sunderland supporters. No doubt about that. Uh, I've been speaking to Sam to get uh, his thoughts on what is bound to be a huge afternoon this coming Saturday and much more besides. So Sam, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Before we talk about a whole heap of matters to do with the final day of the season and League One, so much to discuss. Give us the plug first and foremost for the Roker Report. Um, yeah, with the with the leading um, fanzine and podcast, just Sunderland fans, there's quite a big group of us, so it's never sort of the same um, people on every week. You might get the odd person, but we're just... We have a preview pod leading up to the game, usually on a Thursday, um, with an opposition fan giving their view. And then we usually do a quick, uh, we call it a pubcast, after, straight after the game where we're meeting the pub opposite the ground and just, you know, you give your initial thoughts sort of unfiltered. And then on the Sunday, we'll give a more in-depth review of the game where you've had time to sleep on it and maybe sleep off a few of the pints as well after you've calmed down. But um no, we'll put out loads of content, loads of articles. It's a great, great group of lads uh, who get it done. And the podcast and, and, and the website, it is, it is like you say, really comprehensive, isn't it? And it's built yeah. up a significant audience as the years have gone by. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um, we've got some great writers on the on the books, um, thoroughly get edited, checked over, and um, not really comprehensive. We even had one of our lads on... Um, you might have seen was on Sky Sports News yesterday, giving a quick uh, clip on um, what he thinks of the promotion. So it shows, um, shows the audience we have, really. 
go and have a look at that. Just, just search the Roka report in Google or social media. You will see it. There's loads of content. It's not just all about Sunderland. It talks about League One in general. And, and as yeah. you alluded to there, Sam, it will preview our huge game uh, at the Mazuma on Saturday. So let's talk about that then, if we may. But to, before we go on to the game specifically, let's have a chat about League One in general. I mean, what a season it's been. Uh, and for, with so much still up in the air in the fight going into the final day, it's... It really is quite incredible. No, it's it's mental. Like I think I've spent about four or five weeks now going to the game, knowing every possible situation in my head, knowing where we'll end up, and then coming away from the game and not, and then you're not, you're not even any further on to understanding where you're going to finish. And I was saying to my dad last night, it must there can't be many seasons like this where I don't even think well, Wigan aren't even mathematically promoted yet so you're talking about going into the last day of the season with no one promoted and even teams like could go down or stay up it's, it's one of the most mental seasons I've seen def- definitely in League One in terms of how tight it is it's crazy from the top end of the table which obviously the business end from your point of view Sam you could have secured or all, all, all but secured your, yeah. your playoff place yesterday last night as we record this on on, on Wednesday morning you are in the, I suppose, the driver's seat, if you like. It's in your own hands. We hope, though, that we're going to spoil that party on Saturday. Yeah. Um, people got a bit carried away after we beat Cambridge 5-1. I mean, as, as you probably should, with a 5-1 win. But in the, the word sort of, people were sort of saying, oh, if we beat Rotherham 4-0 and then beat Morecambe 3-0 and the results go our way, we might have a chance of top two... Um, but I think um, I think last night was always was coming a bit because I, I, I do feel like going into the game, Rotherham maybe needed a win more than us because it was, obviously, we had a game in hand, but it was their massive game in hand really on MK Dons. Yeah. And we played, albeit under a different manager in different circumstances, we played them earlier in the season and got battered 5-1, got a man sent off, just didn't really get outplayed, just got outfought, out worked and it was the same last night I think if I'm being honest I think Alex Neil overthought his team selection a bit he left out quite a lot of our playmakers Pritchard, Embleton, Roberts, Dan Neil were all on the bench he went with like a, a battle inside which I, you can see the logic behind it but then when you go a goal down and you haven't really got those footballers who can put the foot on the ball it, it's um, it's not going to go your way but we got quite lucky in the end with their centre half putting a bullet header uh, into his own net. But Quite the goal, that wasn't it, from my... Yeah, it was, that's what I was saying. If, if he doesn't head it, I, I don't know if Stuart could have uh, replicated that because it was <laughs> such a good header. But um, no, I probably would have taken a point before the game, especially with... Because it, cause it just... We, we get that extra point and like you say, it is in our hands. If we win on Saturday, I don't have to keep checking the other scores every three minutes. But I, it's never going to be that straightforward with Sunderland. And the fact that you got that last-minute equaliser, I think from Morecambe's point of view, does us wonders as well, because it now means that Rotherham have to be our main rival for that last relegation spot. Gillingham, if they win, they are guaranteed automatic promotion and also a chance of the title because Wigan are falling over the line themselves. So, So much riding on that game between Rotherham and Gillingham. So... Sunderland have done Morecambe an enormous favour by by somehow getting that that last minute draw last night. Yeah, it was funny because I always check um, the replies on Twitter to both Rotherham's tweets in 
they full time and Sunderland, and we had loads of responses from like Morecambe fans and MK Dons fans, like celebrating probably more than we were. So it was it's quite funny, but just it it's insane. I was looking at the fixtures there, and there's barely a game where there's nothing to play for on Saturday. It's crazy, and I think I could. I might regret this because it's it's the last and they are at home. But Plymouth having MK Dons could be a, a lifesaver for us, to be honest, because MK Dons should be well up for just going for it after Rotherham technically slipped up last night. Well, Rotherham and, can can't go any lower than third, so you would hmm. think they would just go all out and and you've got to win and see what happens. Yeah, the point is the same as a defeat, really. It's, it's um, we went. I remember last day of the season in the first season we went to South End, and it was very similar to yourselves. I think they, I can't really. I think they might have needed a point or three to steal, but we were already in the playoffs. But we were just sort of playing for like that home leg second type thing. But I think you just saw on that day South End needed a win more than us, and they just flew at us and we got beat. So. It doesn't really matter who you play last day of the season. It matters what they're playing for. And in the build-up of this week, a lot of our fans were saying they're more worried about Morecambe than Rotherham. Because although Rotherham are playing for something huge, you know, it's it's Saturday could come down to just throwing the kitchen sink at players. And when you do that, and you could go in off someone's arm, arse, or especially when you've got a striker like you have, from the halfway line, do you know what I mean? <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second, Sam, if we may. We are a different team, a different animal entirely to the side uh, that came to the Stadium of Light and and beat you and, uh, lost 5-0 earlier in the season. In fact, both teams, of course, very different in terms of personnel yeah. and, and two different managers as well. Yeah, sort of approach as well. We, we had a few of those games under Lee Johnson, um, we had yourselves, we had Cheltenham. Uh, the biggest one was Sheffield Wednesday, 5 0. We were on top of the league that night. And um, I, I, I like Lee Johnson because obviously I'm, I'm going to when you, you're battling teams like that. But the flip side of Lee Johnson was if the other team got a few early goals, we sort of were on the wrong, wrong end of the results, like 6 0 at Bolton, 5 1 at Rotherham, 3 4 0 at Portsmouth, 3 0 at Sheffield. So it was about finding that balance. And Alex Nails, to be fair to him, I think we're unbeaten in 12 now. And you've always got to take it with a pinch of salt because it's not he's had no input on this squad. He's just kind of working with what he has. So when you look at it like that, he's done a fantastic job. And I almost feel a bit sorry for him that he's done this well and we're still, we're still not in there. Do you know what I mean? We could still technically miss out, which for him in particular would be, uh, it would be a bit unjust in my opinion, to be honest. So you've been in League One for a few years now, Sam. I yeah. don't like using the cliche of clubs being too big for the division they play in because you are where you are for a, for good reason. Yeah. That said, you arguably should have got out before now. It's still up in the air whether you'll get out this season. In terms of the quality of League One, Sam, because you've watched League One for a few years now. This is our first season in the third tier of football. How does it compare with in terms of the quality of the sides from previous seasons that you've watched? Um, this season's just a bit mad, to be honest. Um, we, we did, it's sort of, it is definitely our own fault because we had a, we had a run where when we sacked Lee Johnson, we didn't, we were chasing Roy Keane for weeks and we didn't appoint anyone. And I think we lost to, we had, when we signed to four, 
we had 38,000 at the Stadium of Life for Doncaster at home and then lost, which is just mental. And then the next, I think it was the Tuesday after, we were winning 1-0 at Cheltenham, then we lose 2-1. And then after that, we drew 1-1 with Wimbledon, but their form is shocking. So there's possibly nine points you've chucked away. So we're where we are for a reason, but to be fair, the teams around us have been relentless. I mean, you look at, it was weird last night, we were getting beat and everyone's checking the phones and someone someone shouts, I think it was just before half-time, oh, Sheffield Wednesday are getting beat. And it was strange, there was, because it was so early, there was no doubt in my mind they were going to win that game. Because they just, I don't know what's going on in the game, they could have had 10 men, whatever, I was just, I knew I was going to check it full-time and it was 3-2 and it was, so you weren't even surprised. So just, teams just seem relentless and I think um, it's, it's just, it's a testament to the league really. And I was, um, me and my dad have been saying, Next year is going to be very difficult if you're still in this league. You're going to have, obviously, I know there's implications with Derby, but big club, big fans, if they get it right, they could shoot straight back up. You're going to have Ipswich, who have massively underperformed this season after how many players they've bought. You're going to have whoever doesn't go out of Wigan, them kids, Rotherham, um, like ourselves, even teams like Oxford are always up there. It's it's, it's a crazy good league. And, um, Gav was saying in the group chat yesterday, he doesn't actually think the top sort of six or eight in League One are that far away in quality to sort of like the bottom half of the championship, maybe. There's not that much of a jumping class. It's sort of when you go up the championship, you see the difference. But mm-hmm. some of the football and the way teams keep fighting in this league, they would do well in the championship. We've been super impressed. I think a little bit taken aback by some of the quality, I suppose money talks to an extent with budget yeah. and the teams with the most money are, are towards the top of the table. It's the same in any division, I suppose, isn't it? But we have been impressed with Wigan, Rotherham, yourselves, MK Don, Sheffield Wednesday, Plymouth. They all, in fact, the only team we beat, well, we beat Sheffield Wednesday earlier in the season. Uh, that was back in September. We also beat Wickham when they were top of the table as well. But apart from that, we've been well beaten by the rest of the top six home and away this season. And uh, from that point of view, with a draw against Plymouth at home aside, so from that point of view, the gulf between the top of the League One and and the bottom of the League One is significant. And you can see that in the points difference as well. But final game of the season, lots to play for. It it levels the playing field entirely then, doesn't it, I suppose? Yeah, it almost, I I hear cliches, perform and quality and that goes, especially when you're the home team, kind of goes out the window. I think it's one of those where if we can, because I'm, I'm, I know I've, 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 I always do my research before podcasts, but I've spent the last half hour sort of doing mental maths in my head, and then I think I know the situation, and then suddenly I think, hang on, what if they win it and they draw, and then I have to get my phone back out. So I, I'm, am I right in thinking that a point for you is pretty much enough? So if we win, we are definitely safe. Yeah, a point will be enough providing Gillingham don't beat Rotherham by three goals or more. Right. Our so, points should be enough. You can't, I would, mm. and apologies to Gillingham fans. I know Matt and Jill's in the balloon. I know a few, a few of the Gillingham fans, they're great people. I would be astonished if Gillingham put three past Rotherham on Saturday. Yeah, I would be yeah, amazed. Yeah, so, so you would think a point, a point should be enough mm. with our goal difference. If we lose, we can only go down if both Gillingham yeah. and Fleetwood both win. They would both need to win if we lose. To- yeah, I thought I thought that was the case, and Fleet would have bought in the way, which isn't isn't an easy game, is it? Um, Not at all. 
So with that being said, obviously you, you have no idea, but do you think you will be set up to not get beat or do you think you'll just go for it and think it's in our hands? Well, the Derek Adams way is, I'm not saying to set up not to get beat necessarily, but certainly you will you will dominate possession. There is right. no question about that. That is the Derek Adams way. You'll have 70% of the ball. But we don't mind that as long as it's in areas where it can't hurt us. You can knock yeah. it around in your own half, on the halfway line all day long. We'll just sit back and watch you do that. We'll keep our shape. Uh, and the plan, our plan will be to hit you on the break with pace and hopefully quality in the final third, which yeah. we've been hit and miss the last few weeks. Um, but we've definitely got it in the side when it when it does click. And we'll try and hit you and get create those quality chances. But you'll have all of the ball. There's no doubt about that. It will just be what you can do with it when you do have it. Uh, right. Well, like I, I mentioned um, earlier, Alex Neil maybe overthought his team last night. What he tends to do is he, he and he's had no shame in saying this. He says it all the time. He sets his team up for who we're playing. So someone could be in the best form ever, like Elliot Embleton's been absolutely flying, and he didn't start last night because he wanted legs in the midfield against Rotherham. So if I'm I'm guessing he'll know that we'll have the ball. So you'll see the likes of Embleton, Pritchard come back in. So it could, it could suit us. But whilst Alex Neil's been here, he, he has made us better defensively. It's still the same players, which is a bit in the back of your mind. You're thinking if, if they do counterattack, if you do counterattack relentlessly, some of the old fatigue might set in, especially if we go 1 0 down. So it's definitely not going to be an easy game on Saturday. And it's one of those where I've, uh, every scenario in my head seems quite likely. I could see us going 1-0 up and being like, oh, what was I worried about? I could see us going 1-0 down thinking, this is what I was worried about. And I could also see it being 0-0 and you're just checking other scores for 90 minutes. So it, it's it's crazy. Like, like we keep alluding to, it's, it's crazy how much could change on Saturday and, and how much we're still... With one game left, we're still, still no one's none the wiser. Do you know what we I mean? could have that really weird thing on Saturday where we're being hammered three or four nil. Gillingham are also being hammered, and it's just a party atmosphere. Even though we've been yeah. well beaten on day, I, 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 you you can't rule anything out at all. I, I normally ask Sam, and I suppose you've answered this uh, partially, or, or maybe you can't answer it because it, it, it's unknown. Tell us everything we need to know about an Alex Neil Sunderland uh, personnel wants to watch. Obviously, um, Ross Stewart up front aside. What's the team going to be on Saturday, or, or is it just who knows? It is a bit of who knows, but I can almost guarantee it won't be the same team that played Rosalind last night. Um, he tends to, he likes to match up teams. I don't know if yourselves play a three. Like a five at the back or a four at the back. But oh, four, four, four will be four, three, three. Come four, one, four, one. Yeah, my guess would be that he might he'll play four. But also, we um we had we've got Dennis Serkin injured, and then Winchester went off the other day, so we we don't really have any fullbacks. We've got a young lad Trey Hume who he started last night, but he's he literally that was the only so he played about sixty minutes last night, and that's all he's played. So. I think if we had everyone fit, it would be a four. It would possibly be a five because then you can kind of get away with playing wingers at full, uh, like right wing back, left wing back. But um, like if Alex Neil does his research, he'll know, like you said, that we should have most of the ball. I think you'll see um, Elliot Embleton come in. He's came in and kind of played a deeper role. He's usually a number 10, but he sort of plays 
alongside Corey Evans, and he just against Cheltenham, uh, not Cheltenham, sorry, Cambridge. I know we, I know they had ten men, but he was just dictating the play, and he he wasn't just sort of keeping it simple. He would do sort of five passes when he sent a midfielder, and then he'd see one of uh, Ross Stewart or Broadhead make a run, he'd go for it. So. He, um, he's a great player, obviously. He's both footed. I've never seen a player like it. He'll take a corner with his left and then come over to it with his right. Um, if we can, if we're going to have loads of the ball, I'd love to see him and Pritchard play together because they're, they're a joy to watch, sort of popping up in little pockets and no one knows who to mark them. But um, Nathan Broadhead went off last night on a just after half time. I want to say it was about 51 minutes. And Alex Neil said after the game that he maybe shouldn't have started him. So he might be a doubt for Saturday, which would be a shame because he's Broadhead's a great player. Broadhead and Stewart are up front in this league. And I haven't seen other partnerships. I know um, Charlton actually have quite a good partnership up front. But for me, if they were to somehow start a league one season, that I could see them both getting 20 plus goals. Where can Morecambe hurt Sunderland, Sam? Is it is it the physical side? Is it being great on set pieces? Or what what weaknesses do you have? Um, sort of physical. Alex Neil's made it a lot better, but we saw last night that if you put legs and height in the midfield, we kind of struggle a bit with that. Whilst we do have Jay Matete, who is is he's got loads of legs and makes challenges. He was a bit poor last night, but I think it was down to the fact he got booked on around eight minutes. So then they were kind of just targeting him and he couldn't really put a foot wrong. So it was probably a good game plan from um, from Rotherham. But I, I do think counter-attacks will struggle with. And we've got a young centre-half from Man City who, first half of the season, he was unbelievable. I mean, he's, he's 18 years old, to be fair. And first half of the season, he was unbelievable, Callum Doyle. But he, he sort of, he was overplayed. And then he's been basically dropped by Alex Neil, and now he's back in the team because of injury, really. And he he plays on the left hand side of a three if we play a three. And Rotherham noticed they must have done the homework on how sort of he's he's a good he's like a a new era centre half. He's good on the ball. He's composed. He's quite quick. But they just put a big lump of a centre forward on him, and I don't think he won a header all night. So. It wouldn't surprise me if, if you sort of did the same, try to get um, some headers down off him. But I think I think if you make it physical and make it a fight, you've you've got a chance because Rotherham did that last night and then we end up getting sucked into their game and they're just better at it than us. Whereas if it becomes more of a footballing game and players making runs, we should we should be the better team. Interesting, very interesting. I'm, I'm not sure we are an over-physical team, actually. I'm sure we can probably put our foot in if we need to. We've got one or two uh, players who can do that. I suppose if, you've, if you're playing against a 26-goal striker and obviously both Cole Starks and Ross Stewart, not out of the golden boot, you know, it only takes a couple of goals, yeah. it? And, and, and we'll be there. So uh, there's that on the table as well. But if you're playing against a, a team with a striker who can put the ball in the net, You've always got a chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not even just putting it in the net. I, I was looking. At, um, I know he did a bit of cool stuff, and he did a bit of a tweet about not being in the team this season, which I completely agreed with. To be honest, I think while there are a few players up there on the same goals as him, no disrespect. If you're in a team that is struggling and maybe going to get relegated, 
and you're up there for golden boot, how are you not in the team this season? And yeah. it's not even just that. Some of the goals he scored, like I don't even think he featured in the um goal of the season contest either, no, which is he could have had he could have had a goal of the season contest himself. The honest. halfway line goal, Sam, against Fleetwood was actually just inside our half, wasn't even goal of the month. It was really, uh, I didn't know that. wasn't really wasn't even goal of the month. It was beaten by um, Santi Salinas' chip for, uh, from the edge of the oh. penalty area against Ips, which was a great finish as well. But no, yeah, but it wasn't so, from inside his own half, so that didn't feature. Uh, but when Barry Bannon does it, uh, it's the best goal anyone's ever seen. Thing, so. it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's it's the big club mentality, though. I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, which has been forever. Thus, it's sad, really, because. We a lot of our fans have been saying if we're still in League One next season, they'd love to see us go for someone like Cole Stockton because the the connection with that is if we're still in League One, I very much doubt we're gonna have Stewart or Broadhead. Mm. Especially if, if Everton go down, I would see Broadhead being in their team in the championship, to be honest. So there's loads of again, loads of permutations, but he's he's from what I've I've only really seen highlights of Stockton. Um while we would beat you comfortably in the at the stadium of life, I do remember he looked quite sharp and he had a sort of maybe a bit of an aura about him where it was like if he gets the ball, you're thinking, right, you see the defenders, yeah, they absolutely. know he's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So they're sort of stuck in that do I fly at them or back off him? Do you know what I mean? Which he's, he's earned himself because if you score goals like he can from miles out, you're going to have defenders running at you, which makes space. So He's done really well this season and it's a shame he hasn't had the accolades for it, to be honest, because he's 100% deserved them. I think, to be honest, from Morgan's point of view, we'd rather him be under the radar as much as possible. Yeah, and, that's true. But I, I suppose at the same time, sheer weight of goals, you are going to put yourself on the map. He's 28 now, so if he does move in the summer, I think every single Morgan fan would wish him all the best and, and shake his hand and thank you for scoring the goals that hopefully keep us in, in League One for another season. But because he's 28, if he's going to move to a bigger and better things, it's going to be now or never, I think. So uh, uh, what, what, watch this space. I think he, uh, is, is he, if he's a Sunderland type of striker, I, I, I don't know. One thing no. is for sure is he's certainly had a season of his life this campaign. So he's going to be on, on lots of teams' radars for sure. Yeah, like you say, I, did, I didn't realise he was 28, so it's sort of, you come into that sort of, your next moves, your big move, isn't it? He's going to want to, he's going to want to look at size of club and probably, to be fair to him, in a higher division, I would say. Maybe, I don't see why he couldn't. If I, I just keep going back to, we've had strikers in the past, albeit in the Premier League, where you're scoring 20 goals in a team that's finishing just above the relegation zone and you're scoring against big teams and good goals. You put them in an even better side; they're going to score more goals. It's a no-brainer for me. So, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if a sort of lower-end championship team came in for him. Because now, with all the scouting and the research that goes into players, it's all about numbers. So, if you're looking to stay in the championship, and he's done it with a team that's staying in League One, but you think you play his way, you're going to go yeah. from. Do you know what I mean? It's and it, unfortunately for yourselves, you might get a. a good amount of money from for League One but you, you can see the difference in transfer fees it's not going to cost an arm and a leg for a championship side is it? Well you, you can have him Sam for similar money to what you pay for Will Grigg and that, that will do yeah. us nicely Yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll swap them if you want because he's still technically he's still technically our player which is mental <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Well he, play, he plays for Rotherham which I don't I, I always kind of check and he sort of plays in the uh, 
sometimes he'll like play in the cup games or whatever, but it's just it's crazy that he's still our player. Crazy, I mean, I've spoken at length to other some of the fans about the about the Netflix documentary, which is obviously absolutely amazing. Um, but that that one little clip of the five minutes at the end of the transfer deadline when the amount of money's going up, no more than a million. Well, we'll offer 1.5, but that is our absolute limit. And then he's unveiled at four and a half million pounds the scene after. That's just no, it was that's the like, one thing that sticks in my mind for it. Well, before that, before the before that um season of the documentary came out, every Sunderland fan was saying, Oh, I bet I bet that's what it was like. I bet he was ringing up and he was saying, No, no more than this. And then it kept <laughs> And when we saw it, you, you couldn't even laugh. It was just insane. It was like one of us was, it was like one of us was doing it. And I, I don't want to talk. God, I don't want to talk too much about that. But um, you can sort of see why he was doing it because I think he just backed himself into a corner. But it it does show how we've been running the league one, really, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. Are you going up this season, then, Sam? Can you do it? We're going to do it. I'm not going to say we're going up because last season. I think it was around the same time. It might have been just before, because I think it was, I think it was before we kind of fell off. Um, I was on a Peterborough pod, very similar to this, and I was saying, I was saying, oh, it'll definitely be us, and that, and then I was saying it'll be between Peterborough and Hull who finished second or first, and and then we didn't even get to Wembley in the playoffs. So I'm not, I'm not going to make that mistake again, but we can definitely do it. We've seen an improvement under Alex Neil. The good thing about it. Is if, if we do, if we avoid defeat on Saturday, we're going into the playoffs thirteen unbeaten. Which if you then go into the playoffs and don't lose a game, you you do you know what I mean? You you at the very worst a couple of penalty shootouts away. So anything can happen. But I don't I don't know. I wouldn't say confident, but um, I wouldn't be not confident. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be thinking we're going to get battered the day, no matter who we play, type thing. Right, it's tense, it's nervous. One thing's for sure, Sam, finally, it is going to be one heck of an occasion on Saturday, come what may. Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a hard watch. At any point are you going to go, it's, it's going to go up and down and up and down and down and up. And it, it's, it's a strange game because you can't sort of be focused on your game. You're going to be, like I've said, you're going to be checking your phone and, while it is in both of our hands, so managers will say that cliche thing of we don't need to worry about other results. We kind of do need to worry about yeah. other results. So I'm quite pleased it's half 12. It gets it out the way. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sitting around all day. But I think I think both teams, I'd, I'd be very surprised if both teams weren't happy come half two, three o'clock. I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. I think... Um... I think we will stay up regardless of the result on Saturday. I, I, I will, I will, right. I will make that public now. I think we can get a result against you guys. We, yeah. Certainly we are a different animal at home to what we are away as well. We've only won away three times all season. Right. Um, 80% of our points are, have been at the Mazuma and we've, we've got some great results against some really fancied sides. So there's no reason why we can't do that again. It's a capacity crowd as well. Nothing like the Stadium of Light, of course. I suppose from a, a selfish point of view, I want you to be in League One next season so we can have another great day out at the Stadium of Light again. I mean, for purely selfish reasons, because it's a great day out and probably the friendliest staff in the whole of the of the well, AFL. But uh, that's, that's nice to hear. A, a, apart from apart from that, I think 
it probably your time is coming, isn't it? You just sense it's coming. And but that said, with every passing season that you don't get promoted, I suppose it then makes it more difficult and it piles the pressure on even further. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You sort of it's a double-edged sword. You're thinking we've done everything bar go up. We've lost in the playoff final, we've lost in the playoff semi-final, we've not finished in the playoffs. You feel like it's only in, in the fact we're still up there, it's inevitable that will happen. But like you say, with every passing season, I look at teams like Portsmouth and Ipswich, whose seasons have just fizzled out into nothing. And you just you just at the back of your mind thinking every time you don't go up, you lose your best players. It's a rebuilding job in the summer. Like like I've said, there's no way we'll keep Ross Stewart if we don't go up. So you're looking for another centre forward who then might hit the ground running like Stewart. And then if you don't go up, you're looking to sell him. So it's just our club in this league, it's a lot of uncertainty, which isn't great. I think if we were to go up in the championship, it's kind of them few early seasons are kind of a free hit. While we do, while obviously we have ambitions of getting back the Premier League, because we're a League One team and we have been for a few years, no one's going to grumble at finishing sort of 11th or anything. Whereas in this league, no one even cares how we'll play. It's just about not being in this league anymore. All everyone was saying around me last night was, God, I hope this is our last League One home match. And that's all everyone was saying. And that was like five minutes into the game. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of, that's everyone's just getting a bit fed up. But I think we've sold over 20,000 season tickets for next season already. And that's in April without knowing what league you'll be in. So the fans will be there again. But um, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it's in the league above. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm everything in between. I'm sure you are too, Sam. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Give us the plug one more time for the Roka report. Uh, Number one, Sunderland fanzine and podcast. Um, Great group of lads that do it. Really, we've got exiles. So people who live all around the world watching it. We've got people who go to all the games like myself. Um, like you said, it's not just about Sunderland. We do previews, get other fans on, talking about what their the situations like at their club going into the game. It really opens your eyes. Of you, you so you might be at a game against no offense, a, t- a team I know nothing about because I've listened to the pod. I know who their danger man is, where their weakness is. Um, so no, really good, really good set of lads, and it's yeah. it's definitely worth a read or a listen. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. It is one of the best out there, and and you can just see the the, the sheer volume of work that goes into producing the the amount of content that, that you put out both on online and, and and on the podcast as well it is it is for a fan's pod it, it, it's absolutely incredible go and check it out the roca report the fanzine the podcast the website the social media everything in between and of course uh, you'll be previewing our game on saturday in the come in the in the next day or so yeah um it's usually it's a, it's a few, it's between a few lads who do the preview and I'm not sure who we've got on, to be honest, but like I said before, it gives quite a good insight because I'll be, I'll listen to that and then when I'm watching the game on Saturday and I see things pan out, you know that's intentional and you you, you understand the thinking behind it. Like like I'm sure some of your listeners will when I say we might get out-battled or when, if Pritchard or Embleton plays, you know what I mean? So it's, it's nice to get um, different understandings, really. Sam, thank you so much for your time. Good. Uh, I'm not going to wish you good luck for Saturday because no. I don't think you're going to need it. I think we are both going to get what we need out of out of the match at the weekend, whatever the result might be. Yeah. Uh, but certainly good luck in the playoffs. And, and uh, I genuinely mean this. I really hope you go up this season. 
Oh no, cheers. Fingers crossed. Um, hope hope you stay up. Obviously, I, th- I think you as well. But main thing is we're both uh, smiling as much as we are now with half <laughs> two on Saturday. Well, it, uh, yes, and, and hopefully it's going to stay that way. I, I'm, I'm sure it will. Uh, Sam, thanks yeah. so much, and uh, we'll speak to you next time. Cheers. No bother, thank you. A huge thanks to Sam Blakey from the Roker Report podcast and at Sunderland Fans website. Go and check that out now. Just Google the Roker Report uh, or search for it on social media. Loads of great content about Sunderland, previewing the weekend's action in the coming days as well. And loads more content about all things League One as well. It's going to be a huge game for both sides. We both need the result for very different reasons. I cannot wait to head down to the Mazuma this coming Saturday lunchtime. If you're heading down, why not take a portable radio with you and make us the soundtrack to the match itself? If you're not going to the game, uh, fear not. We have you completely covered. Full coverage on Beyond Radio 103.5 and 107.5 FM. DAB Plus Digital Radio will be live from midday and also on iFollow from 12.25 for the build-up, team news and the whole game live. Sunderland at Morecambe kicks off at the Mazuma at 12.30. We look forward to your company then. It's bound to be an unforgettable afternoon. Probably the biggest day in the history of Morecambe Football Club. Look forward to your company then. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Shrimps Verdict Podcast too. We always appreciate it. We'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.